Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Well, it looks like a lot of you have done very well with your New Year's resolution. You are here, right? Praise God. New Year's Day, you are here. I know the big football games were yesterday, and I know the Dolphins don't play till one, but uh, I'm really grateful that you're here. It's good to see your faces, and it's good for us to gather and open God's Word together. In the new year, we'll be talking a lot. You're going to hear this phrase a lot. We're going to develop disciples, develop disciples. You say, well, what does that mean? I don't know. What, I, aren't I already a disciple? Here's the thing. The church is designed to raise up disciples, to help them be more than they were before, to help them become ready for what God wants them to do. So that's what you're going to be hearing a lot about. And today we're going to start in a different place. We'll go back to Acts in the coming weeks. But we're going to start with a prayer for strength. A prayer for strength. I'm thinking that anyone who wants 2023 to be better than 2022, or just simply to be different than 2022, everyone who wants that probably wants to be stronger. Stronger in particular areas. You want to be better in your faithfulness. You want to read your Bible more. Or maybe you said, I, I want to spend time with people I love more. I want to be stronger in my relationships. I want to be stronger in my workout schedule. Um, strength is a key part of that. But wouldn't it be amazing if we all got stronger spiritually? What would that look like? What would change if you could get stronger spiritually? And I want to make you a promise. If you will pray the prayer that we're about to study, if that will be the prayer of your life for 2023, I guarantee you, you will be stronger. You can write it down. If you come to me at this time next year and you go, oh, I didn't get spiritually stronger, and I prayed that prayer, I, I, I'm not going to believe you probably. Because you will have gotten stronger, I guarantee you. Does that sound good? Would you like that? I'm telling you, as a church, wouldn't that be amazing? I have to button my cuffs as I was in the baptistry a minute ago. Hope you don't mind everybody's looking at What is he doing? Um, that was live, incidentally. We didn't film that and just put it up there. So, um, I'm convinced that most of us live lives that limit what Jesus is allowed to do. I'm convinced that we really, he's there, but he's, he's not really involved in all of our lives. I mean, what we do is we tend to invite Jesus to breakfast, right, if we're doing good. If we're having a good day, we're going to invite him to breakfast and say, Jesus, would you come and meet with me? And I want to have my quiet time. And that's great. I want to encourage that. But sometimes only what we're doing in that breakfast is we're giving him orders. God, I need for you to do this today, this today, this today, this today, and then do that, do that, do that. And this is how I want my life to go. And this is what I want you to do. And oh, by the way, I need to complain about the fact that, you know, I really didn't make enough money last year. And my wife or husband wasn't as nice to me as they should have been. And, you know, my kid didn't do as well in sports as I hoped he would. And does that sound familiar at all? And then after that breakfast, often we just dismiss him. Hey, it's been good to be with you, Jesus. I got to go do my life now, and I'll call you when I need you. 
And honestly, that is a pretty faithful person because most people don't think about Jesus all week. Until now, to the first day of the year. We're back in church going, oh man, I shouldn't have thought about that. Apostle Paul prays an amazing prayer. He prays for strength through the presence of Jesus Christ in our lives. See, Jesus hasn't left us, it's just that we've kind of left him, we've kind of put him off to the side. So look with me at Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. i read the whole passage, we'll go 16 through 19, and then we'll, we'll talk through some key aspects. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, God's word says this, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, this prayer is prayed for the saints in and around Ephesus that belong to churches. And Paul writes to the saints in and around Ephesus. And his purpose is really, the first three chapters are all about, I want you to know what you already have. I want you to know the amazing thing that God has done to bring those of you who were far, you Gentiles who were far from God, to bring you close. And I want to talk to you about the amazing things you have in Christ. And I also want you to understand that even though I'm in jail and I'm suffering, it may be difficult for you these days, I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to know all that God is doing, and, and, and I don't want you to miss out. That's what kind of tees up this particular prayer. And he says in the previous verse 15, he says, this is why I bow my knees, because I want you to know what God is doing. And the first thing that he prays, he says, I want you, in verse 16, he says, according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul's saying this, listen, he said, listen, you need saints. You're already followers of Jesus. I'm praying for you to be strengthened. I want you to grow in strength. I, you don't quite have enough is really what he's saying. There's a lot more that I, God wants to give you, but you're going to have to be strong in order to receive it. And the only way you get strong is for the Holy Spirit to be active in your life to strengthen you. Sometimes I feel like we think, you know, I came to Jesus. I, I received the gift of salvation. That's all I really need to do. I just need to go out there and work really hard to please him. Listen, that is a works-based life. Jesus saved you from that life. He calls us to put ourselves in a position to be strengthened. God, would you strengthen me through your Holy Spirit in my inner being? You go, what is that? Well, that is your core that is your heart of hearts. That's the place that you function from. He says, I want you to be strong, not in all your resolutions you're going to make, but I want you to be strong in your inner being. You know who that person is. That's the person that really calls the shots in your life. That's the person when something happens, you go back to that inner being. Okay, who am I? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. 
He says, I want you to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit in your inner being. And listen, what for? So that, verse 17, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I look at that verse initially and I go, wait a minute, he already dwells in my heart. He already is there. Here's what, here's what Paul is saying. I want you to be strong enough for Christ to dwell in your heart in every area of your heart. The word for dwell there means to live, inhabit, to inhabit that, to stay there, to be there, to not be kind of in and out. Hey, Jesus, good to see you. Thanks for coming by, but please would you go and mess with somebody else the rest of the day? The idea is dwell is to live with consistently, to move in with. This is why marriage is such an amazing relationship, right? You actually become like each other, whether you like it or not. You actually become like each other. I'm so grateful for our marriage and all that Julie has brought to that and how we become like each other, hopefully in all of our good areas. Um, he says, I want Jesus to dwell in your lives all the time. And you're going to have to be strong in order for that to happen. You're going to have to be strong enough to say, God, I want that. And when things go badly, when things don't go the way you want them, and, and you're just going to have to say, I want Jesus in my life at all times, in all areas. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this from people who have struggled. They'll say, I made that decision when I wasn't really following Jesus. I'd been saved, but I'd walked away from him. And I made that decision, and this is what life has turned out to be. Paul's saying, I want you to be strengthened in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. You go, wait a minute, I don't know, what does that mean? Here's what he's saying. The Holy Spirit is ready to deliver Christ. And that's really how it functions. The Holy Spirit is the mediator for Christ to live in your life and for that, him to dominate your life. He's saying, I want that to happen. I want him to be in there for a long time. And I want that to be who you really become and who you really are. It's different than how we generally live. We naturally only live with him for a short time. We naturally want him to move on to someone else. We're going to have to be strengthened by the Spirit in order for that to happen. And so what are the effects of that? So if I'm with Jesus all the time, we all say we want that, right? Are we with me? I really want Jesus to be with me in everything that I do. I, I want him to be with me in every decision that I make. There's four things that are going to happen in our lives if that's true. You don't have to make them happen. This is what will naturally happen. He says, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. And he's going to go on to another thing. He says, you're going to be rooted and grounded in love. Let me ask you, what are you rooted in? What are you rooted in? So your roots are your core being. That's who you really are. What are you rooted in? What are the effects? What are the ideas? What are the thinking that, what's the thinking that roots you, that you grow from, that your life really grows out of? 
See, most of us struggle with that. If I'm rooted in love, what comes out of me is love. It's an old saying that what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Right? What's down in the well comes up in the bucket because that's what's really in there. That's where I'm rooted. He's saying if God, if, if Jesus comes and lives inside of you, he will come out when the bucket goes down or what's in the cup. What's, you find out what's in a cup when it's bumped. That's what naturally comes out of you. He says, I want you to be rooted and grounded, which means your foundation is love. I want you to live that way. I want that just to be naturally who you are. When Jesus Christ takes up residence in every area of your life, you will be rooted and grounded in love. Secondly, you're going to comprehend the dimensions of God and his greatness in every situation. Verse 18, he says, that you may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. It goes on to say that you will comprehend the love of Jesus Christ. This verse is really interesting because you don't really know the, the, the height, the depth, the length the, of what. Is that I'm going to know that of God's love? And it is God's love, but it's so much more. This verse is saying, I want you to know the dimensions of God in every area of your life. You see, we naturally tend to shrink God into a God that we naturally can understand. God becomes very small when Jesus doesn't have full residence in our lives. And Paul is saying, I want you to know and have the strength again. In order to know a big God, I'm going to have to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. He says, I want you to know the dimensions of God with all the saints, in other words, in, in community with other believers, I want you to know what is the breadth and length, in other words, how wide and how long. I want you to know how deep and how high. I want you to know God in every dimension of life. And if you think about that and put that in the context of your life, in 2022, did you know him in depths? Did you know him when things were difficult? When maybe you were down and you feel like, man, I, this is a struggle. Did you know him in the heights when things were good, when you had those high moments? Did you know him and, and know his greatness in those moments? Did you know him in the length when things maybe got long and you had a long journey to go through? Did you know him and know his presence in those times? And I love the breadth one, the width. Do you know him? Did you experience him when things kind of went sideways? Because that's what's going to happen in 2023 as well. You're going to have some times when you're like, man, this is, this is not good. This is, I'm kind of getting down there. And you're also going to have some high points. You're going to have some times, this is amazing. Both of those times are opportunities for us to forget about who God is. And to kind of, oh, I got this now. Or when you're at a depth, it's like, well, where did he go? Or when things get long, you're like, man, I'm tired. I probably left God at some point. And when things kind of get a little sideways, you're like, where is God in that? Paul's saying, I want you to know him in all of those things. 
See, what prevents us from following Jesus and from growing in him and being strong in him is that when things don't go the way we think they should go or when it's unexpected, we kind of leave him out and behind. I got to go handle this now. God didn't handle it for me. I got to go get after this because things didn't go. No, listen, he wants to be with you in all of those times. I love that about him. You may be really up right now. It's a new year. You forgot about all the stuff you did last year. It's, this is going to be great. We're going to have some good snacks today. You know, there's really nothing else I need to do. The dolphins are going to win. It's going to be great. Bring him along in those times. Think about him. What, would, what is Jesus saying in this time? You may be down right now. It may be tough. You Like every new year, I remember a certain memory, and I've got to deal with that. Listen, would you bring Jesus into that? Jesus, what's your perspective on this? How should I respond? Well, guide my thoughts and minds in this. You may be on a long journey right now. You're like, man, I've been a long health issue, a long financial struggle, a long relationship issue. Like, man, this is, this is tough. Bring Jesus into that. Jesus, I, I, want, I want your perspective. Because he's there. He's there. Things may have gotten a little shifted, a little sideways, and you're wondering, God, what are you doing? Would you just ask him? Would you pray that prayer? Holy Spirit, would you strengthen me so I can be rooted and grounded in love so that I can see you in every area of my life? The third effect is that we will know the unknowable love of Jesus. I love the way Paul says this. Verse 19, he says, And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, which seems kind of like doublespeak. I want you to know something you can't know. You really can't know until you do know. You know what I mean? You really can't know the love of God until you know Jesus every day in every area. You can't know that, right? You can't know him. He says, I want you to be strengthened so that you can know his love. And what he's talking about is the entirety of the love of Jesus Christ. When you think about him, one who left total perfection and an incredibly glorious position in heaven with his father, in relationship with his father and the Holy Spirit, he left that for you. He gave himself and poured himself into human form and died for you. His love is overwhelming. It's something that's really hard for us to know until we know him every day, which helps us be grounded in his, grounded and rooted in his love. So what happens is we become rooted and, rooted and grounded in love. We start to, we know the dimensions of God. We know the love that can only be known by knowing Jesus himself. And then the last phrase, sometimes we throw it away, but I think it's really important. It says this, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, as believers, a lot of times we use that phrase, you know, man, I, you know, he's really He's really filled with the Spirit. 
You know, if you're around this person, you're around her, you know you've been around someone who's filled with the Spirit. Sometimes we kind of throw that around. We don't really know sometimes what that means. So to be filled with the Spirit is that I am present with Jesus and I am allowing the Spirit to continually fill me so that there isn't any room for any other gods. That's Paul's prayer. I want you to be strengthened so that you can be filled with the fullness of God. So there's no room for other gods to permeate that. No room for other gods to get in the way. That's what I want for you so much. I want you to be totally provisioned by God himself. I want you to rest in that. Some of you coming into the new year may be thinking, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a deficit. I feel like God hasn't provided enough for me. Paul says, I want you to be strengthened so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be completely filled. So let me ask you, where does Jesus live in your life right now? Where is he? If your life was a house, what room would he be in? Would he even be on the inside? It's not really that hard to make a change in this area. We think, well, you know, I can't really possibly become filled with God. I can't really be strengthened where you're talking. I got too much stuff I need to fix. Anybody else there? You got stuff you need to fix? Or your husband has stuff that he needs to fix? Or your wife? And somebody that stops us there. I can't get there. You don't know where I'm at. I'm not really very spiritual. I haven't invited Jesus to breakfast for a very long time. You know... The answer to that is simply, Jesus is the one that cleans you up. You don't get cleaned up and then go to Jesus. He's the only guest you don't have to pick up for. You ever do that? One knocks on the door. Oh, my goodness. I forgot they were coming. Man, I wish we had remembered to do the dishes once in the last six weeks, you know? Or better yet, when your wife comes home and you've been home by yourself and you're thinking, man, I thought that was tomorrow. Jesus is not that way. He knows that you're incapable of cleaning up your life. Do you realize that? You are incapable of cleaning up your life on your own. You don't have that ability. Quit acting like you do. Jesus, just wait. I got stuff I got to clean up. When you're cleaning up, you're also making dirty at the same time, right? You're also dirtying your life at the same time because you're saying, I don't need you, Jesus. It's really simple. We just need to pray. Would you strengthen me, Lord, so that the Holy Spirit can allow Jesus to dwell in my life every day? Would you strengthen me, Lord? Pray that. And Paul says, he says, do this and that he can dwell in your life through faith. And you know, faith is just simply opening the door. Did you know that? It's trusting Jesus enough to say, I'm opening the door. I'm letting you in. Faith means to trust Jesus enough to let him into your life. Pray to be strengthened. Open the door and hang out with the saints. Twice in here, he says, with all the saints. 
There's a sense of, I need to be around other followers of Jesus. That's something you can really easily do because there's a whole bunch of them in this room right now. Open the door, pray, and hang out with the saints. You see, Jesus, think about this. He's waiting for you to access all that he purchased for you. All that he purchased for you with his blood. But often we've been too weak to receive it. Pray for strength to open that door. I have this, this kind of fear in me, and you've probably heard this from other people before, but that we're going to get to heaven, and we're going to get to see this big screen TV of all the opportunities that we had. And we're going to start to see all the things that could have been. You know, it says in Revelation, he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. We'll say, well, there's not going to be no more crying in heaven. I think the reason he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes is because there's going to be tears in our eyes. Because we're going to recognize the opportunities that we had. See, Jesus is waiting. Revelation chapter 3, he stands at the door and knocks. You know, he stands at the door, not of unbelievers, but of a church. It tells us we can put Jesus on the outside, and here he is waiting to access, trying to get in. He says, listen, I'm here. I'm not going to break the door down. I'm here. Will you let me in every day in every area of your life? Jesus is waiting. He's waiting. What would you be afraid of? What would you be afraid of for opening the door to Jesus and letting him in every area of your life? Afraid maybe he'd cause you to give away all your money? That's what we think sometimes. Or when I was a kid, we were afraid that he would send us to be missionaries in Africa which I think would be awesome, incidentally. Uh, but when you're a kid and they show you all those fears and stuff and you watch Tarzan on TV, you're thinking, this can't be good. Do you not trust him enough with your life? Do you fear that maybe he's going to do something you don't want to do? Or really what we're talking about is when we say, I don't want to open the door to Jesus in every area of my life because I don't want to lose control. We really like our control. Or maybe he's going to cause you to apologize to someone you've wronged. And that's your biggest fear. Or maybe, maybe you're going to have to be, learn to be disrespected by some people who won't like the fact that Jesus runs your life. Or maybe you're afraid you're going to miss out on some fun times. Let me ask you, if your spiritual strength is the same in 2023 as it was in 2022, how's that going to work out? You see, Jesus is waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting to have access to your life. Do you really want to spend another year with Jesus knocking on the door? Waiting to come in. Oh, he hasn't abandoned you. You're still a follower of Jesus if you received his gift of salvation. But he just doesn't have access to much of your life. What are those areas this morning. Pray. Trust. Connect. Pray for strength. Because you can't do this in your own strength. Pray for the Holy Spirit to strengthen you, for, for Jesus to live in your life. 
Trust him with all of your life. Every decision, every issue, every challenge, every opportunity, every problem, every relationship. Jesus, I, wanna, I want you to be right there beside me because he's ready to do that unless you tell him no. Pray, trust, and connect. Live in fellowship with others who are doing the same thing. Let me tell you, if you're not around other believers, your God shrinks very, very quickly. And he tends to be very much more distant, and you tend to lock him in a room in the basement, quite honestly, when he wants to be right beside you all the way. See, Jesus is waiting. What is your answer? We're going to take some time to pray. I would really love it. One of the things that I believe helps us when we pray is to have a little bit of movement. And I would encourage you to join me here at this altar. Just come and stand and pray and say, Jesus, I want to open the door of my life to you and name an area, maybe multiple areas. I want you to strengthen me in the area of my work because I've kept you out of it. I want you to strengthen me in the area of the entertainment that I experience because I, I have left you out of that. I want to trust you in the disappointments. I want to let you into that area of my life. I just think for the first day of the year, it would be great if we all gathered here. So what's the magic of coming down to the altar? I think it says something to you about what you believe about Jesus. It says, I, I want to do something different in 2023. I want to gather down front, even with people I don't know, and just pray. We're not going to come up to you and make you sign a card and make you give a big testimony and sing a song. I just want us to gather at the altar. What is your answer to him? You see, by coming and praying, you're saying, Jesus, I want you in every area of my life. Would you join me? down front, even right now. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.